Welcome back into the Trib Preps Podcast. My name is Colton Bartholomew, reporter here at the Tribune, and I'm joined today by Todd Sommerfeld, assistant sports editor and digital sports editor for the Tribune. And today we're going to be talking about pitching. We're right in pretty much the heat of the uh, baseball softball seasons. We're rapidly approaching the postseason in the next couple of weeks here, getting started. Uh, but we have seen some of the most impressive pitching performances really that you can have in baseball or softball the last couple of weeks here in the Cooley region. So we decided we want to take a, moment, or a couple minutes here on the podcast to start breaking some of those down. Um, we know it's been a little bit since we've been back, but Todd yes. and I haven't been in the office at the same time too much over the last couple of weeks. So and any, we won't be. Yeah, we won't be again. So anytime that we are, we will try to make sure we get a podcast out for you guys. But like I mentioned, we're going to talk about pitching today. And if you want to talk about pitching in this area right now, I think the hottest pitching staff out there has to belong to the Little Crescent Lancers uh, baseball team. They've got four no-hitters this season so far. Three. Oh, three, excuse me. Three three. no-hitters so far this season. Two of them came in back-to-back games. Um, uh, We know the Three River Conference isn't the strongest baseball conference out there, but at the same time, throwing a no-hitter is extremely difficult no matter who the opponent is. But LaCrescent's just been able to put it together and just lay those strikes in there and see what happens. Yes, they got beat on Friday. So there's there's one. uh, So they, they, they lost their first game of the year and then their most recent game of the year, but that's it. To this point, in between, it's been a whole lot of great pitching, as you said, with the three no-hitters, uh, Bryce Wehmiller. I mean, uh, an ERA is zero. Uh, it's 19 innings. Uh, he's got two of the no-hitters. And then you have Luke Schwartzoff and, and Isaac Peterson combined on another one. Um, and, and Peterson, another guy with uh, an ERA of zero, uh, over 11 innings um, that, that he's thrown. So uh, they're, they're kind of getting it consistently. They're really good pitching. It doesn't have to be one guy to go out there and and, and throw well. And uh, as you said, you know Rick Boyer is, is is admits that it's not the toughest conference right now, or at least not. They haven't been playing the toughest opponents, but man, you go out there against a, a team that hasn't won a game or you know has one game, it's still tough throwing no hitter. I mean, you got to give these kids a lot of credit for for what they've done, and and you can't really look at competition in terms of that. Throwing a no hitter is a no hitter. Uh, if you throw it against a great team, all that better for you right. but uh, no hitters no hitter and they got three of them so it's been been pretty phenomenal to to see that unfold at least uh to this point in the spring i think the interesting <laughs> thing with that staff right now too is the fact that they're getting a ton of run support so they're going yeah. out a lot of times with the lead yeah. and a big thing with these no hitters too is i think two of the three have been shortened games because <laughs> their offense has done their job and gotten runs on the board gotten up to 10 10 run lead and then shortened the game up for them so uh, that's just complete baseball right now that they're playing over there, and I think that's got to give their their pitching staff they got to be confident with just with how they're performing, but then going out there with leads and knowing that their offense is going to keep tacking on and piling on runs, that just got to give you a lot of freedom as a pitcher, just kind of let it hang out and go for it. Yeah, there there definitely isn't pressure for them to go out there and throw these things. I mean, they can go out there and be comfortable, and that's kind of how these things end up coming, anyways. If you go out there thinking you have to shut a team out or something like that, that it's likely not going to happen. So I think they're going out there knowing that they can just go out there and pitch, uh, just try to throw the ball where they need to throw it, <clears throat> and they're certainly doing that. That's like the consistent thing that Rick Boyer says. Uh, when he when he calls in, he talks about their control and, and location, and uh, they're very consistent with that. So I think they're in a, these pitchers are in a really good situation just going out on the mound and throwing because, you know, they have the confidence in the bats, and, and that kind of just allows them to – be natural and, and pitch. Absolutely. And 
sticking on this no-hitter train, we just saw one, uh, not no-hitter, but a really dominant performance out of Connor Prylip over yeah. in uh, Toma. Toma versus Central the other night, what was that, Tuesday night? Wednesday yeah, night? Yeah, something like, yeah. Maybe, middle maybe of the week. it was Thursday, I can't remember. Yeah, right around the middle of the week. Uh, huge game, because Toma's had a, a little bit of a slower start here at the beginning of the NBC schedule. Central gets off that hot stock. They're unbeaten going into that game. And really, Connor probably showed why he's an Alabama recruit and why yes. there's a potential that he might get a draft day call from the Major League Baseball. So, I mean, he goes out, what was it, 17 or 16 strikeouts? 17. 17, excuse me. Yeah. 17 strikeouts against Central, uh, one of the better offenses in the NBC and, and the region, and really just lays out there on the line and gives his team not just a chance to win, but almost wins the game for him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's phenomenal to just look at what he's done, and we knew he was going to be good. I mean, he has been the last couple of years, and and he, I think it was December he he decided that he was going to go to Alabama, and chumps don't go to Alabama. Nope. They, they, you got to be a dominant high school pitcher to go to Alabama. Uh, we'll see if he ends up pitching there. I don't know what his, his prospects are with the draft. When you go to an Alabama, you're obviously on the big radar, and you know teams are going to know all about you. I asked uh, Toma coach Ryan Brookman about that, and he said they don't talk about it. They, he just kind of wants him to go out and enjoy his senior year and just pitch and, and not be concerned with all that stuff. And, and I would say that's working to this yeah. point, uh, just letting him go out and pitch. But over his last three games, he has pitched 20 innings, and he has 50 strikeouts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he, had, he had 19 against GET, came back with 14 against Holman, which leads the MVC, uh, and then uh, 17 against Central. Uh, he also hit a batter against Central, and I think I saw something that's the first hit batter he's ever had in his career. And this is a guy who's Which been is, pitching consistently guy, yeah. at varsity since his a- freshman year. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, he's given up 10 hits in 28 innings all season. Uh, the ERA is 0. 0.75. Uh, another big thing, two walks. Uh, and he has given up three earned runs. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, we, were, we were joking before the baseball season started in here what the over-under was for – earned runs he was going to give up this year, and I asked Scott Bagnevsky, the Aquinas coach at a basketball game this year, and he said one. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's given up three uh, to this point, but uh, I have a feeling he's just going to keep getting better as the season goes. I mean, I'm sure he was pitching all winter anyways, but uh, I think just being outside and, and uh, getting more into the real flow of baseball, I right. think he's just going to keep getting better and better as yeah. we go. And it's weird to say on a day like today where it's snowing outside, but right, maybe right. in the next couple of weeks, more consistent warm weather, not having to move practices and games around, get a little more in that flow. Yes. But, but I, uh, Connor Prelip's definitely living up to any kind of hype anybody would have imagined. And you know, you look at you look at his record, Todd. I know you got it in front of you. He has a loss this season, which is rare for him. But yeah, he has right. a loss on the record, and it was the whole circumstances. Of yeah, it was a rough circumstance in that he pit, he struck out five guys in an inning. Some some tough defensive plays ended up letting the inning continue. And uh, Holman got a couple of runs there, and then they actually scored a, a you know normal run or earned run uh, on a double later on in the game to to put him over the top. But just a, a crazy season from him. And you mentioned Holman. Even with you know Central the hot start they had, uh, you know Toma with uh, Prelip, then you got Holman leading the conference right now. Yeah, just, that's a just big big win over Sparta, um, and and they've had Holman's been pretty consistent this year too. Um, they've won five of the last six, at least as we're talking now, um, playing very well. They have a good team. Uh, Kevin Cable's consistently been getting on base. Cameron Weber had a great game against Sparta. Uh, 
driving in. A, it was an insurance run, but he drove in a couple runs in that game. Um, Brandon Flurry, catcher, had three hits against Sparta and threw out a, a, a base runner trying to steal second in, in what ended up being a three-run inning for Sparta. So that was a big out in, in that inning. So Brandon Flurry playing well behind the plate uh, in, that, in that Sparta game for sure. Um, but they have, <clears throat> you know, Drake Shams has been, uh, come through with some big hits as of late. Um, Holman's a team we don't have stats on at this point, but when you have Cable and, and Weber out there, Ben Byam pitching, uh, you know, and, and the walls, Ryland and Nevin, you know, you have you have the makings of a very good team right there. And, and for them to be able to get by Toma in a game against Prelip, no matter how it happened, uh, was a pretty big deal. Central did beat them early in the season. I think scored nine on them, mm-hmm. if I remember right. I want to say it was a nine-to-four game. Um, so it, it, there will be some interesting games coming up as of right now. Holman's on top looking down on everybody after beating Sparta. Uh, they're up by a half game on, on Central. So uh, we'll look forward to some of those rematches and see where that takes us. Right. You mentioned Biome, and he's a guy that he might not have the crazy strikeout numbers like a prelip or uh, some of the big numbers like uh, Andrew Fisher uh, for Central as well. But he's just been consistently six, seven innings each game that he starts for Holman. Uh, and just doing a really good job for him. And I think that's really comforting as a coach and just as a teammate knowing, like, he's going to be on the mound. Yeah, maybe let up a couple runs, but we're going to be in the game however long he pitches. Yeah, he had a good year last year, too. Um, so there was there was definitely probably some expectation to him coming and throwing well, and he's, he's lived up to that to this point. Let's move over to softball uh, for a little bit here. Uh, staying with this, this pitching theme, we're seeing some great performances out of Sarah Krause over on Alaska. Uh, not that it's surprising. We knew coming right. into the softball season that she's a, a carryover from last season, doing a really great job. But just some of the numbers that have been eye-popping lately, um, 13, 14, 15 strikeouts in her last three games. I can't remember which order it was, but those mm-hmm. are the numbers. She's got 96 strikeouts and only five earned runs allowed this season. Uh, she started, I think, seven or eight games and pitched a complete game in all but one. And the one she didn't, it was a six-inning game. So she's uh, just really been shutting teams down, and every time she pitches on Alaska, is undefeated, uh, but every time she's pitching, uh, it's a really uh, a tough proposition for the other team to get a run on the board. And she's a good hitter. Yeah, and I was about to say, and then <laughs> well, yeah, you look at the other side it. of it, she's really helping her own cause right in the middle of the lineup. You know, lots, there's a strategy in softball where, you know, you can use that designated player and let that pitcher rest in between innings, and when somebody's as dominant as she is, sometimes that happens just to make sure that yeah. she can pitch the whole game for you. But the way she's swinging the bat and scoring runs and uh, bringing in runs for on Alaska right now, it's like, well, you got to do everything. <laughs> and, and, and it's been fun to watch her kind of turn into what she is now. She came in, she, I mean, she was dominant when she came in. Um, we were very fortunate to have uh, Jordan Clement pitch here for – Logan for a few years uh, before going on to Winona State and doing the amazing things she's doing at Winona State right now. But she she's about as good as I've ever seen in terms of a high school pitcher. And they they won a state championship with her. And there were similarities. She could she could hit the ball too. Uh, she she was effective with her bat during the state tournament when they won that as well. And I remember her senior year. You're you're kind of thinking, oh, it's you get kind of sad because it's over. And you're not going to be able to watch her pitch anymore because it's been so much fun. Everybody said, well, Sarah Krause is coming. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) She was going to be a freshman the next year after Clement left. And so even before Clement was gone, even before Krause got to high school, there was a buzz about Sarah Krause. And she came in and and lived up to the hype right off the bat, pitched very well. Um, Her bat has really kind of come around, too, to be a, a serious weapon. It was her freshman year, too, last year. 
uh, a very good hitting year too. So it, it's kind of been fun to watch, you know, this one pitcher who I thought, you know, maybe the best I've seen. Now you got another one coming in who's who's rivaling that. And we've had some great pitchers right. uh, come through here over the years. Um, there's another one, Delaney Seisha, over in Holman right now, uh, another one who's having a great year uh, for a team that's doing very well. And, and it'll be interesting to see when they, the next time they match up with Onalaska. Onalaska beat them one nothing, I think, in Holman. So they'll play again in Onalaska. I think that's coming up pretty quick, too. Um, I'll have to look at the schedule. But uh, it, it's, been, it's been fun to watch her just kind of show what she can be over the last three years. Or two plus anyway. Yeah, you mentioned Sasha. Anytime you know we get an on Alaska or a Holman softball score uh, called in or emailed in or whatever, you see uh, or hear one of those two pitchers pitching, you're like, any hits? You you've got to always check. Like, yeah, it's a shutout. Like, ooh, are there hits? And you try not to be mean about it, but it's like, right. hey, this we know how good she is. Was this a no hitter? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, and it was. We we talked about our our plans uh, some night here in terms of well, what should we watch for in terms of what to write up. And, and stuff, and I remember one night, well, LaCrescent's playing Cotter. Let's see if LaCrescent throws another no-hitter. Right. And I come back in, it, they threw a no-hitter. Yep. <laughs> so. um, as we wrap this one up, we're going to keep it a little bit shorter here, but uh, we're, we know we're, we're getting close here to the track conference meets, and we're going to have a, a more track-focused episode coming up in the next couple of weeks here. Um, <clears throat> not only with the, the conference meets coming up, and then obviously that means in – what is it, four and a half weeks, five weeks now, we've got state tournament, or state tournament, state, state championships tournament. here yep. at UWL. Yep. Um, and that kind of just means, unfortunately, the, the last days of high school running here for GET's Dan Fan and Onalaska Luther's David Venucci, two runners that you've read a lot about in the Tribune or online on the Tribune uh, website, but it's because they're just really special, one-of-a-kind, once-in-a-couple-of-classes you know, athletes that – are putting up numbers at like nationwide meets that are just really impressive, not just for their ages, uh, their classes, everything like that, but just the the ability to consistently perform like they have on big stages and never, you know, have a trip or have, have a slip and fall down, all that type of stuff. Like every time that they need to, they're showing up and putting up big numbers. It's amazing that their ten-year high school careers are coming to an end. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it only seems like they've been here that long because they were so good right off the bat. Uh, especially Faye and, um, and Venucci's certainly caught up to that, and they're they're running at the same level right now. Um, and, and you know, Venucci's really really done some special things the last couple of years. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's coming to the end. It's we've prepared for these two running at state track for four years, or well, three years. This will be four, um, and and they always do well when they get there. So I, I think it's going to be. Uh, fun to watch them in their kind of last hurrah. Uh, they got a few meets left to get to get ready for that one, and then it's on to college and some different kinds of challenges, Division One challenges uh, for both of them. Um, but I'm sure that uh, they're probably excited and uh, they can't wait. And then they, you know, at the same time, they don't want it to end. I, I'm sure in high school, I mean, go on to the new chapter. But I'm I'm really excited to see what they can do in their their last meets at, at UWL because I'm sure they'll both have busy weekends sure. and, uh, and successful ones at that.
Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Trip Preps, but make sure you're logging on to lacrossetribune.com, reading up the prep roundup every night and uh, all the other breakout uh, stories that we do from our high school action. Um, I know we're going to have some more coming up in the next week with uh, some big games and, you know, the MVC and the Cooley and both baseball, softball, all that type of stuff. So make sure you're tuning in there. Uh, make sure you like the Tribune's Facebook, Facebook page because yes. uh, right when we get stuff and we're able to write it up if we're – you know, making a separate story or kind of breaking uh, a certain game out, that's going to go right up on the Facebook, and you can uh, see all of our sports stories really get linked through there. So um, We'll throw out one more thing to, to hype. Uh, Matt Thomas. Oh, right. Uh, playing over in Valencia, Spain. Uh, just won a Euro Cup championship. Had a chance to talk to uh, Matt and his brother Tony about the experience. Tony went out there watching. Uh, so we'll have that in the Tribune. Uh, be up on the website today and uh, in the paper tomorrow, and but you can watch for that in coming days, too, if you can't get to it over this weekend. All right. I mean, you you were here, Todd, and you knew that pro basketball was probably a chance for him coming out of high yes. school uh, over in Alaska, but just to see him succeeding at really the highest level of European basketball, I mean, that's just one of the cool things that you get to see for a, a career somebody really taking off. Yeah, and he, you know, there, there was a, a three-game series, uh, and uh, they won the first game, Lost the second one in overtime, won the third, pretty dominant fashion. But in the third, they, I think they were down eleven or thirteen, nothing, <laughs> right off the bat, and then just came back. They won by like twenty five, something oh, like that. Storm uh, but, but Matt was the the high scorer in the game. He's not just there for the ride. He he's there, and as Tony said, people are just, you know, more and more getting behind him as one of their top players. And it's a good league, and it's uh, you know been a really good year for for Thomas, who now goes back into league play, and they're going to try to win the Spanish league. Uh, right, at, They kind of play two seasons simultaneously. So you come right off the Euro Cup championship, get a chance to go to Euro League next year. And then, oh, by the way, you got to go back to your Spanish league, and you know they have maybe four or five games left in that, and then playoffs for that. So trying to win another championship now. Right, absolutely. But like I said, that's going to do it for us, for Colton Bartholomew and Todd Summerfelt. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. Hopefully sometime soon. Yes. I'm not going to commit us to a date, but we will be back relatively soon. Thanks for listening.